Hello and welcome back to the jungle. Again, my name is Mariah. I am 21 years old and I am from Salt Lake City, Utah. I guess first things first, I could start by saying I honestly had no idea people would pay attention to my podcast the way they have. I mean, I for sure expected my closer friends and people I consider my family to listen. So maybe around like 30-ish people, right? No. Y'all, whoever y'all are listening to this second episode or who listened to the first one, got my podcast to almost 500 listens. Listens? Views? I don't know what you would call it for a podcast. If someone knows, let me know what you call that. (laughs) But like almost 500 and I've had multiple messages from people, especially people I didn't even think were going to listen, asking when the next episode was coming out. And again, in all honesty, the first episode to my podcast was such a selfish thing. It was really just another way for me to talk about everything and get all my feelings out to help me heal. I quite literally did not believe that this would actually take off and potentially become a thing that it could be. So with that, welcome to the second episode. Here we are. Um, In this episode, I want to talk about uh, mental health, how I've been doing with that, um, what has changed, what hasn't changed, a new aspect and outlook I've created, or not even created, I guess found, maybe created, I don't know, you can decide, as well as a tiny update on my sexual assault case, and uh, at the very beginning, I really want to dive into... um, the court case I had on December 9th, a lot of people either who have followed along on the blog or follow along on my social media, know me personally, or even just, I don't know how else you knew, but somehow knew I was going to court and a lot of people thought it was for my sexual assault case. Um, this was a separate case. The second my sexual assault case does anything I'm sure you guys will all be like the second or third groups of people to know, <laughs> not the first, but you'll you'll be one of the one of the first couple. And yeah, so not that unfortunately, but it was another case. I'll dive right into that at the beginning and um as always, I'm going to keep it as honest as I can. That helps me heal as well as it helps you guys to, you know, really know that this is this is me. This is what I'm going through. This is how I'm dealing with it. And if you're out there dealing with a lot or something similar or something on a smaller or bigger level, you know that it's okay that there's someone else here going through it too. And someone else who has just as much faith that I can get out of it as that I do, you can. And so with that, we'll go ahead and dive right into this case. So a lot of you noticed on my social media pages um, a couple of, well, since about August, September-ish, I have been going to a couple different, well, the same court hearing, but a couple different times. Um, I finally had the sentence, or not sentencing, I had trial for that on December 9th of 2019, so just a couple weeks ago. And this case um, happened in June of this year. And um, what had happened was, is uh, I have, those of you who know me know I have worked for Fizz. It's a soda shop here in Utah. 
I have worked for them since I was barely 16 years old and the owners and the stores and just Fizz as a whole became a part of me. And I was at work one night and I had an all-girl crew. I was the manager on. Um, my coworkers uh, usually send me to fix the issues or talk to a customer who's upset, whichever the case may be. And uh, this particular night, one of my employees had asked if I could help the man at the window because he looked upset. So I went to the window. Um, this man had very dilated pupils as well as a lack of communication skills. Um, this man could only say strawberry to me when I was trying to assess the situation and see how I could fix the problem. And so eventually I just was like, okay, this dude's just on some drug or whatever. I'm just going to throw some strawberry in it and hope that that'll just fix whatever his issue is. And as I moved the cup away from him through the drive through window, uh, as I moved the cup, I noticed he then placed his hands back down and started masturbating while staring at me through the window. Um... I talk about this like it's not that big of a thing, which I mean to a lot of people probably wouldn't be that big of a thing, more of just like you're an idiot, you're disgusting, what's wrong with you, put it away, whatever, even maybe throw a drink on him, you know, standardized responses. But unfortunately for someone like me who does have things like PTSD and panic disorder and anxiety and all of those things, it it's a lot more than just being able to tell someone to put it away. In fact, it was very much so like I had been violated in my home, which again could seem very dramatic or very off scale for the situation. But for those of you who do know me, knew and probably still know how much I loved Fizz. I worked there, it seems like, my whole life. Also very dramatic, but my whole working life, Fizz was there. And after becoming close with owners and becoming close with store managers and general managers and working at all different kinds of locations and holding different positions and roles, you genuinely start to look at your job as the same way you would look at your house. I mean, if I'm going to spend at least 40 hours a week there, I would like to hopefully know that you know, I'm okay and I'm safe rather than having to be on edge or always on my toes looking for the next thing. And quite literally at this exact moment, I had felt like one of the very few places that I felt safe at had just been taken away from me. I felt out of control. I felt trapped all over again. I felt violated and I had one of the worst panic attacks I have ever had in my entire lifespan of having panic attacks that night and uh he came through the drive-thru once twice and again a third time when our manager was on the way after we had placed the phone call he had left and gotten back in the drive-thru a third time but this time he sat in the back of the drive-thru line because you know now that he did that and we stopped helping customers for about 15 to 20 minutes before he left we have accumulated quite the line 
And this time he had the windows all the way down with no shirt on. But luckily enough for us, and especially for me, the manager to this specific location of Fizz uh, had showed up. And right when he walked in the door, me and all my coworkers were yelling and pointing, and that's him, that's him, he's back. And he ran out was with his phone and was yelling and trying to take pictures to get the license plate, and he sped off. Well, luckily, they got a partial plate off that picture and started running it. And as all of the different possibilities from running the partial plate are popping up on this officer's computer, uh, they were slowly generating. So just every so often a couple would pop up and a couple more would pop up. And I'm nosy, very nosy. And so this cop was like trying to hide his computer from me, but that doesn't work well with me. Not at all. And so as he's, you know, these images and profiles or whatever you want to call them are downloading on the computer, I saw his picture and I said, that's him. And after that, A led to B. Um, he kept trying to push it for a smaller sentence, to lower it, to drop it to a class C misdemeanor, to whatever. And the way I looked at it was like, no, I... I'm sorry. Uh, I understand you don't want to spend a whole whopping like couple of days in jail and don't want that on your record. But one, I have not worked at Fizz since that night. I quit. No hard feelings towards Fizz. I love Fizz with my entire heart and I would love more than anything to somehow make a career out of that my entire life because that is a business that I have loved working for the last six years of my life and I couldn't do it every time I walked into Fizz after that it was an instant reminder and I left and so not only was I out for the shifts I was scheduled to be working but then I was also out of a job and to me it was like you you did that to me and I don't feel any remorse for you If anything, I hope you go in there and you gain some type of intelligence or knowledge to never do this to anybody else ever again. And he decided to take it to trial. So we went to trial on December 9th, again of 2019, so just a couple weeks ago. And the judge found him guilty, which means I won. And... That was one of the greatest feelings in the entire world. We go back in about two weeks on January 6th for his sentencing. So get a little bit more information there. But that is that case. I know a lot of people were confused on what the details of that were. And a lot of people didn't even know it existed. And it really is just kind of a lot. But other than that... This chapter is now closed, and we can move on to the next thing. Next thing is my mental health, how I'm doing, I guess, an overall just update on me. I'll start with the important stuff. Um, With my sexual assault case, uh, it's not gone anywhere since I last talked to you guys. I'm not surprised some of you who are just jumping on the bandwagon are going to be like, this is absurd. How could they do that? This is so unfair. You deserve justice. Woo. Yeah, we all know. Welcome to the bandwagon of the last year and a half of all of our lives. 
It's not right. This isn't okay. It's not fair. I do deserve justice. But it's not coming my way anytime soon. And although that's not something I am okay with, it is something I am more at peace with. Because one of the things I have noticed is that, you know, as important as this court hearing could be, as important as this potential trial could be, and important as this potential sentencing of my perpetrator could be, none of that genuinely gets to dictate how I heal. How I heal with myself mentally, how I heal with myself emotionally, physically, and for the rest of my life. And that's the most important thing that matters. Don't get me wrong. I would love nothing more than to see this son of a bitch get carried out in handcuffs and to be put in jail. And that will be a very important day to me when that day does come. However, I have more of the mentality and the strength and the understanding to know that that cannot be and will never be what dictates my healing and my growth from this part of my life. Um, I guess without getting too into it... (laughs) I don't know how to make that a thing, but without getting too into it, I had done a lot of research on a study and a method that not only helps people with PTSD work through their trauma, but as well as helps people who do have depressive characteristic traits in their brain and in their mindset and everything else. And with all this research, um, in the middle of all of that, my boyfriend and I had broken up. And it's all, everything is on good terms. We still are there for each other. It's definitely nothing in a negative way, but a breakup by any means is still a breakup and it hurts like hell. And it makes you question and revisit and relearn a lot of different things. And luckily for me, I was very obviously distraught and still am working through some of those sad kinks. But I was able to realize a lot of my flaws and my faults in that particular situation that had been symptoms and or causes of what I have gone through or of my PTSD or my anxiety or my depression and that's nobody's fault nobody should ever have to just allow me to have these flaws and these negative things because I have been through so much that's not okay And I don't expect anyone to automatically think that either he or I were not best in this situation because of those things. But it is because of those things that I did behave in a certain manner. And it was because I wasn't fully focused on and giving my all and my attention to a healthy and appropriate healing And instead, I was still in the negative. I was still, everything is out to get me, which quite honestly, my life seems to fall into that fairly well. But 
It's not like that. And I was stuck in that mindset. And I didn't trust people. And I still do struggle with the whole trust thing. That's a very wishy-washy subject for me. However, I am able to recognize a lot more now that there are a lot of things and habits and fears and negative coping mechanisms that have been instilled within me and my brain and my body and everything else that thinks is a healthy way of coping when it's really not. And so I concluded my research on this method. And genuinely, as I've always said, honest is honest, I basically just kind of said, screw it. What do I have left? What what really is this going to do that could harm me so bad that it would push me farther down than I've ever been? And that's exactly what I did. I threw my hands in the air and said, what the hell? And the research I had done, the information I had gained, and the idea of this method all was so, so extremely true for me. I understand that you know, the method I chose to use is definitely not going to be something for everybody and is definitely not something everyone is open to. However, it changed my life. I cried about it for days after because of just the simple fact that I felt so different. And on top of that other method, I also got off my birth control, which If any of you girls are on here listening to this, boys, close your ears because TMI. But birth control is a psycho bitch, okay? She makes you think and feel things that you probably would never even think and feel. I've only been off of it for about four weeks now. On God, I will never, ever, 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 probably ever take birth control again in my life. In that form. In a pill form. Whatever. Girls, do your research. That shit's crazy. Anyway, I I cried because my life had changed so much and I finally felt like I, or I guess feel, because I still feel, like I am so in control over my head. I get to control where my thoughts go. I get to control where they don't go. I get to decide when I'm done thinking about something or when I'm not thinking about something in the right way. I get to do that and it's not a consistent running mouse wheel of the 3,000 possibilities one outcome has and the what ifs for this one and how can I be better, none of that. And the way I keep referring to it to the people I talk have talked to about this is, is like my hippie, my hippie mode or my hippie thoughts because it was, I felt like a quote unquote hippie because this mindset I've developed now is, it might sound inhumane, it might sound heartless, but the only way I can explain it to you is the exact way I feel and hope that you understand. You look at life, look at you and your life. You have friends, 
you have family, you have things, places, a whole bunch of crap that feels like everything to you. You love it unconditionally. You miss it all of the time. It is very important to you. You value and cherish it. Whatever any of these things may be. Anything that is not you is this. And as much as I love my friends, as much as I have an unconditional love for those I call family, as much as I love the beach and snow cones and being adventurous and traveling and the color pink and my mom's homemade food, all of these things, my car, my phone, you know, whatever else that you could throw on my list that is lovable, important, I would die without it, I would be sad without it, whatever else. They're all pawns. And this life is your chessboard. You value certain pawns on your board at certain levels. Some you don't care too much about sacrificing the loss because you know the benefit could be greater. But there are also some pawns on your board that would be really hard for you to lose and could throw your life or your board into a complete overwhelming sensational feeling of being lost or scared or threatened. That's how we have to look at life. Your life is this chessboard. You get to dictate how pawns move. You get to dictate where pawns move to. You get to dictate how you react when you lose pawns. You get to dictate how you react when you are in the lead and when you're behind. But most importantly, there's only one true, genuine thing that should really be held at top tier to you. Not these pawns, not the moves you could make, not what's worth keeping and what's not. Because all of these things, whether you lose them or you keep them, doesn't decide if you win the game. What decides if you win the game is how you play. So you look at life as your chessboard. As much as I would be saddened and hurt and pained and any other distraughtful emotion at losing any anybody I consider family or anyone I consider friends or how much harder life could be if I didn't have a car or a phone or nicer things. All that really, truly, genuinely matters at the end of every day is me. Selfish, maybe. Inhumane, I guess, maybe, if you take it that far. But really, you look at it and and things like even your family and your friends, they play such an important and active role in your life throughout childhood, growing up, and will forever remain an important part of your life until you die. None of that, them being a part of your life or not, what role they play in your life or not, doesn't ultimately dictate you. 
because what dictates you is how you react to it, is how you learn from it, how you grow from it, and how you heal from it, positive or negative. It all makes you you because at the end of the day, when your life is over, you don't get buried in the ground with your family and your friends and your car and all these things that made your life worthwhile. You get buried with you. And if you're not happy with yourself, if you didn't learn the way you wanted to learn, if you didn't grow the way you maybe should have grown, you are the only one who will feel that pain, that regret, and you're the only one that will suffer or even think about it. All these other things and people that are important are not going to have as heavy as a heart because that's not their life. That was yours. It is your chessboard. One of the hardest things to do is look at a negative situation and smile at it and say thank you. I know that. I lived that. Look at me all high and mighty being happy and in control of my brain for four weeks. I know. I get it. Who am I? I'm a girl who has been emotionally and mentally abused by her biological father her entire life. I'm a girl who was sexually assaulted at the age of 19 years old. I'm a girl who was re-traumatized two more times since my incident. I'm a girl who's had countless of other things go on in my life that has all played a drastic effect into the emotional tolls I have, just as I'm sure as as I'm going off on my list, you are making your own in your head. For everything you've gone through, all the shitty times your heart was broken, the times you cried in the shower so that way you could almost deny it the same way everyone else could. I'm also the girl who's attempted suicide more than once. I'm also the girl who's called the suicide hotline more than once. But I'm also the girl who's going to sit here and tell you right now that if all of these shitty, negative, dark, heart-wrenching things didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be this strong. I wouldn't wonder what else I could endure. I wouldn't want to fight for every single person who was out there who has ever felt the way I feel. I don't think or feel thankful for being assaulted. That is not something I would wish upon anybody ever. However, I am thankful for the way I have grown and learned from being assaulted. 
I have looked at and seen and felt so many things that I would never have thought of by the age of 21. I have received so much support and love and strength from so many people I couldn't even begin to name. But most importantly, what I have gotten from a lot of this is everything and anything comes from within me. I'm not saying don't be sad. I'm not saying don't yell fuck at the top of your lungs a couple times. I'm not saying it's wrong to let yourself get down or to be depressed or to have a hard time pulling yourself out of that hole because that hole is dark and it is scary and it takes time and everybody is different but what I'm trying to say is is if you find yourself holding on to a last little beacon of hope or desire for change or for happiness to live within you the first thing you have to look at is you. And I know that's hard. And that sounds shitty. And it sounds like I'm attacking you. But it's not. I could blame a lot of my negative qualities and a lot of the things that I do that are not healthy towards me or other people on a lot of my trauma if not all of it, if not different ones. I could blame almost anything on my dad. I could blame almost anything on my perpetrator. But the thing is, is if I keep doing that, they win. If I continue to be sad and miserable and afraid of trusting people and anything else in the book, then they win. Because that's exactly what they were trying to do. I will be damned if anything else gets taken away from me, especially myself. I have been gone and lost for so long now. And I'm starting to put my pieces back together again, some old and some new. I don't know where this road is going But if I have one message I want to deliver to the few hundred people that do listen to my podcast, apparently, (laughs) it's that if you want change, you have to be ready to accept that you are the one that starts that. It's shitty. It makes no sense. Why do you have to repair what you didn't break? I get it. But you will hit a point. You will hit a point when you are sick and tired of running. Where you're sick and tired of every day being sad and miserable. When you're sick of feeling like you have nothing else to live for. And in that moment, you get to decide. For me, I was done. I was done questioning anything anyone did towards me. 
I was done being miserable. I was done living in my head every single day. I was done faking a smile. I was done. I was done. I was done. And I decided I would really be done. Done with that mindset. Done with this life. Life so far seems to keep throwing hurdles at me, even since my mindset has changed. A $1,300 car fix. Well, what should have been a $1,300 car fix. Shout out to good friends because my friends took care of me. I found out someone really close to me has cancer. I'm telling you, life is going to keep shitting. Somewhere in there, there's always going to be something. But it really just depends on you. How you take it, how you learn from it, how you grow from it. And how you allow it to make yourself a better person at the end of the day because of it. Feel all of your feelings. Cry it out for a couple days. Be really pissed off. But know when it's the right time to pull yourself out of that. And to get yourself back on the healthier road to healing. We're all human. We're all going to be mad. We're all going to yell. We're all going to cuss. We're all going to cry. It's what we do. Just make sure that you stay strong enough to know when it's time to draw that line and to help yourself. To teach yourself. To grow within yourself. We all have to keep working. It doesn't get easier overnight. It doesn't heal overnight. But for me, I can tell you that honestly, I have never felt more in control of my life now than I have in, since I moved to Maine or Florida. <laughs> and even then, I wasn't even in that much control. You get to dictate how this goes. So going into a new decade and into a new year... Even though timestamps really don't mean anything, you might as well make it festive. So into this new decade and new year, I want to share some manifestations I have for me and myself. And if you feel up to it, you can make some for yourself. You can write them down. You can just say them out loud while I say mine. Whatever. Just set some things and believe in them and tell yourself you can have them because you really can and your brain is so very powerful so for 2020 this new decade i will be turning 22 and for me one of the top priority things i want is to love I don't mean love in any romantic or platonic way, but I mean love as in I want to love everything. I want to love the way my hair looks. I want to love every single person I have in my life. I want to love what I do on the weekends. I want to love the places I go and the people I meet. And I want to love all the little differences of everything in between. I just want to love. I want to look at things in a different limelight. 
I also want to manifest um, more on my growth and my healing. While I am doing really well and in a good place, there are still a lot of things to work on, still a lot of things to learn, and still a lot of things to take better control of. And I think this next year is going to be a really good year for me for that. I think especially the way I'm allowing myself to end off 2019, it's it's definitely setting myself up to be in a very good position to learn and grow a lot this next year. And my last manifestation is to be open. I want to be more open to things on all forms of levels, more open to certain people, more open to trusting, more open to being friends, more open to ideas I wouldn't normally be open about, music I wouldn't normally listen to. I was very much a creature of finding my ways and making that a habit, and I only lived by habits. And now I realize that there's a lot of things I don't know about. There's a lot of things I never gave a chance. And there's a lot of things that I would genuinely just feel extremely grateful to experience. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and say I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays in general, whatever religion or faith or thought you believe in. I hope you had a good holiday season. Let's ring in New Year's Eve. Have a good time. Welcome in this new decade, these new manifestations, these new healthy growing ways. And I think this next year we can all truly make it something special if we decide to let it be. So, happy new year. Hopefully soon. Don't know when I'm going to release this podcast. Ha ha ha. Funny, funny. But um, other than that, I'll go ahead and leave you guys and allow you to get back to your own jungles. Because mine over here is getting trimmed up. <laughs> See ya.